Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. John chapter number two. We'll pick up reading in verse number one. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her woman, What have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firstkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the priest, or of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water near, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This the beginning of uh, miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifest forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Now, Father, you know the need of the service tonight. God, you know my heart's desire, Father, is to be a blessing to your people. God, you know my heart's desire is to be obedient to you, and my heart's desire is to preach everything within the context of the Scripture. So, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us tonight to rightly divide the word of truth. God, I pray, Lord, that we would get understanding from it, and God, we'll be careful to give you the praise, give you the glory, and give you the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, you can be seated tonight. I'm not going to spend a great deal of time in the introduction, but I do want to take just a little bit of time in the introduction and deal with a few things. This is, of course, as I just stated, and there was a spider web or something other on me right there. I'm not hallucinating, I promise. As I just stated, this is the first recorded miracle that the Lord Jesus Christ performs in his earthly ministry. As we began to look at this, miracle, I would say this, uh, uh, there is a lot of talk uh, and a lot of debate about this miracle uh, in the day and age in which we live. Here's the reason why the debate and the talk is this, was the wine fermented uh, in John chapter number 2? Did Jesus make uh, a fermented wine uh, that would make someone drunk in John chapter number 2? Now I've studied this for 
many, many years. And a lot of people, now, if you get upset with me tonight, then you're just going to get upset with the Bible in the introduction. Uh, uh, but a lot of people tonight will take this verse uh, or this parable uh, out of context and say uh, that it is all right to social drink tonight. They'll say that it's all right to be a wine bibber tonight. But I want to say this to you tonight. Uh, it is not all right. And I want to say this to you tonight. I do not believe uh, in any way, shape, or form uh, that this was a fermented wine uh, that Jesus made this day. I want you to take your Bible and I want you to go with me on something tonight. I want you to go with me to 1 Peter chapter number 2. Now I'm going to come back to our text. I'm going to deal with the context of the scripture and preach on this in just a minute. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter number 2. I want to read you a verse of scripture. I, I want you to go with me. I want you to see this also, okay? 1 Peter chapter number 2. Now we're going to slow down here for just a minute and look at something. 1 Peter chapter number 2. And I want to look at a verse right here. 1 Peter chapter number 2. And I want you to look with me in verse number 21. Now, I don't have this mark because I want you to turn with me. We're going to go back to the context in just a minute. The Bible said this in verse number 21 of 1 Peter 2. For even hereunto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Now, watch this. Who did no sin. Who is that talking about? It's talking about Christ. Look at the verse prior to it. It's talking about Christ. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians. Flip back a few pages to 2 Corinthians. I want you to see a verse right here. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. You say, preacher, what in the world has this got to do with John chapter number 2? Stay with me and I think you'll see. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Look what the Bible said in verse number 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him who is the him? It's Christ. Go back to the verse prior to it. It's Christ. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who what? Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Did Jesus sin? According to the word of God, did Jesus sin? According to the word of God, absolutely not. Can I say this to you tonight? If Jesus sinned, uh, is everybody still awake? If Jesus sinned, then the blood of Christ is insufficient. If Jesus sinned, then we're all in trouble because we're headed to hell. But according to the scriptures tonight, Jesus never sinned. He that knew no sin. I want you to take your Bible. I want you to go back to the book of Habakkuk with me tonight in the Old Testament. Habakkuk falls right after Nahum and right before Zephaniah. Habakkuk chapter number two. There's not as many pages started now. 
we've got out of the New Testament. Let me just read you the verse. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse number 15. Woe! Woe! That's the first word of it. God says, whoa, 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 whoa. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that putteth the bottle to him, and makes him drunken also, that thou mayest look on their nakedness. You know what Jesus said or God said in the back? Here's what God said. Woe unto the man that does that. You know what God is primarily saying there? God is saying this. It is a sin for you to put strong drink to your neighbor's lips. She say, preacher, in John chapter number 2, did Jesus turn the water into wine? Did Jesus sin? Absolutely not. She said, preacher, what is your thoughts of this miracle? My thoughts of this miracle is Jesus absolutely did not make a fermented wine in John chapter number 2. Now, I can take and spend hours talking to you about this, but a lot of times, it don't matter what I show you, if you can't take what I just said, you're not going to believe it anyway. No way, friend. So now that we've got that covered, let's look at this tonight. Let's look at this great miracle, and if I could say it this way, this miracle of joy that Jesus did this day. Number one tonight, as we begin to look at this, right here in John chapter number two, number one, I see a problem. I see a problem. Know what your Bible said in verse number three. And when they wanted wine, uh, the mother of Jesus saith unto them, they have no wine. There was a problem uh, at this wedding that day. I began to study this and I began to study the manners and the customs of that day. uh, And this was a major problem uh, for them in that day. Here's a couple reasons why. Number one, Here's uh, 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 one of the reasons why. It was a matter of honor. The bridegroom was responsible uh, for providing an adequate amount of supplies. If something ran out or if something went wrong uh, and the party was not taken care of uh, in the right way, then it was a reflection back on the bridegroom. So there was a problem that day. Here's another reason why. To run out of wine... uh, would cause a public embarrassment to the groom and to his family. Uh, Number three, I would say this. In some instances, uh, the offending family uh, uh, could even be fined for running out of wine. When you go back and study the manners and customs, Brother Dakota, here's another thing that I found out. Here's another thing that I found out, that they could be fined, uh, and it was a great embarrassment to them. And I began to think about that, and here's what I began to think about. You know what? In our life, uh, not all the time uh, does life go uh, as we have planned. You know what? In their mind, there's no doubt. uh, There's no doubt at all. In their mind, uh, they had everything 
planned out how everything was going to go. But there was a great problem that arose that day. In our mind, we may have our life planned out. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And we're going to do this. But you know what? There is times that come about that we find ourselves facing problems. Everything don't always go as planned. There is times when our plans are changed by different circumstances and problems arise in our life. Here's something that I'm reminded of. The Bible said that he was no respecter of person. You know what that means? It simply means what he done for one, he'll do for all. And this day at the wedding, they had a great problem. But in the midst of their great problem, they was somebody showed. They was somebody showed up on the scene that could help them with their problem. I thought about this. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter number four: For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. I thought about this. Uh, Jesus, Jesus sorrows with us. You say, preacher, what do you mean? I believe that his heart uh, moans and groans with us. You say, how do you get that? Well, what happened in John 11? You remember the story, don't you? I made reference to it a while ago. In John chapter 11, verse number 35, what did Jesus do? He wept. Jesus cried that day. Now, I've heard some people say that Jesus was crying because of their lack of faith. I personally, I don't believe that. Here's the reason that I believe that Jesus was crying that day. It's because Lazarus, whom he loved, was dead. His friend was dead. The other people was hurting. And I'm glad today that when we find problems in our life, we've got a God that loves us. And we've got a Savior that understands how we feel. He understands what we're going through. He understands the storms of life. There was a problem that day. Number two, watch this quickly tonight. There was not only a problem, but there was a procedure. There was a procedure that they went through. Watch again in your Bible. Verse number three. His mother comes to him and says they have no wine. Verse number four. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto him, unto the, unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. There was a procedure that day. Uh, Mary shows us exactly what we need to do when we have a problem in our life. When we have a problem, Mary, now I want to say something to you tonight. Was Mary an ordinary woman? Absolutely. She, she, well, let me back up and rephrase that. She wasn't an ordinary woman. She was a separated pure lady that God chose to use. If, if she hadn't been a separated pure lady, God would have found somebody else that was a separated pure lady for God to use. She was not God. She was just a lady with a touch of God on her life. Amen goes right there. 
And watch this in Mary's life. Mary knows exactly what to do in this trouble. Matter of fact, some writers that I've read after on this, and, and I, I tend to believe them also, believes that Mary had a great deal to do with this wedding. Maybe if we want to put it in our terms today, she was the wedding planner. Why? Because she knows they're out of wine. Why? Because the servants are heeding to what she says to do. So Mary has this problem. And now she finds a procedure of what to do in her problems. You know what a lot of people do in their problems? They, they lose their mind. All right, just be honest tonight. A lot of people, they absolutely lose their... They cannot handle stress. I, I've been, and, and Brother Mac back there, I believe you'll give me an amen right here and some of the others in the room. Uh, I know Brother Brian probably give me an amen right here and some of the others, but um, uh, whenever you roll up on a scene, Brother Mac, and some people are absolutely chaotic. I understand that a house is on fire or that five people's pinned in a vehicle, but somebody's got to stay calm and take care of the situation. And some people absolutely lose their mind when a problem comes in their life. I'll never forget one day, uh, uh, one of our kids got choked on a grape. I don't remember which one it was. And poor old Miss Leslie had an absolute, I mean just an absolute nervous breakdown, meltdown in the house. And inside, I was too. But I jumped up, I grabbed a young and I hit him on the back and the grape flew across the house and everything was all right. A lot of people are like that when problems come in their life. But Mary is fixing to teach us what to do when those problems come. Watch the procedure, number one, watch this. Flee to Jesus. Boy, that was deep, wasn't it? I mean, that was profound, wasn't it? Flee to Jesus. What did she say? Look in, look, at, look in verse number three. When they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. When Mary had a problem, she ran exactly to who she needed to run to. She ran exactly to who she needed to run to. I want to say something to you tonight. When problems come in our life and we don't know which way to turn, we don't know which way's up, we don't know which way's down, when that, that, that trouble hits us, when that phone call hits us in the middle of the night, are you with me when that knock comes on your door in the middle of the night? And, and I, I'm going to tell you, Brother Aaron, that's one of the, the, the hardest knocks on the door that I've ever had to do as a law enforcement chaplain was knock on the door and say, may I come in and sit down and talk to you? Are you Mr. or Miss such and such? Is your child such and such? I'm sorry to inform you, but they didn't make it in an accident. Uh, matter of fact, there's some people in this room, I've had to knock on your door in the middle of the night before and wake you up and tell you that something tragic had happened to a family member and take you to the hospital. Hey, there is times in our life when problems will come. Our world will get turned upside down. Oh, but I sure am thankful that there is somebody that we can flee to in our troubles. 
she said this, she said, flee to Jesus. Jesus halfway rebukes her here. There's a lot that I can say. Matter of fact, I've got a lot of notes on that. But I'm not going to deal a great deal with that. But not only was there a problem at the wedding, I, I just couldn't help but think about this. They may have been a problem in Mary's life also. You say, well, what would the problem been in Mary's life? Well, for 30 years, for 30 years now, Mary has probably been talked about. Now you just think, just, just, just think with me just a minute, because we all human just like it was back then. Are you with me? And you just think if Miss Christie walked in here next Sunday and said, I'm with child. <laughs> That'd be more like Abraham and Sarah. <laughs> Let's really put it back. She was young. I'm sorry. She was young. Quite possible she's 15, 16 years old. Just think if Cassie walked in here next Sunday and said, I'm a child of the Holy Ghost. Mary's never known a man. Are you with me tonight? She's never known a man. And all of a sudden, she says she's a child of the Holy Ghost. Joseph tries to hide her. But you know what? You can't hide a pregnancy but so long. Are you with me tonight? And she begins to show. Can you imagine the way that some has talked about Mary? Can you imagine as Mary maybe walks down the street the way that some turns their head at Mary? And now for 30 years and nine months, she has been talked about. She's probably been called a harlot. I'm just being honest with you. No telling what all she's been called. And now all of a sudden, there is a major problem that has arose. And I just can't help but to wonder in the back of Mary's little old mind if she wasn't thinking, I've tried to tell them for 30 years that Messiah is here. Amen. I've tried to tell them for 30 years that this really is the Son of God. This is really Him. I've tried for years and years to tell them that. And now here is the chance for Him to prove to them who He really is. They got a problem. What did they do? They fled to Jesus. But watch this. Not only the procedure of it, to flee to Jesus, but to follow his command. What did she say to him? Here's what she said. Whatsoever he saith unto thee, do it. Whatsoever he saith unto thee, do it. Just do it. Just do it. Can I give you some good advice tonight? Whatsoever he saith, just do it. Just do it. You'll be a whole lot happier if you'll just do what he commands you to do. You'll be a whole lot happier. And you know what they did? They followed his command. As a matter of fact, they filled it to the brim that day. There was a problem in their life, but there was a procedure that they needed to follow. I want to say this, and, and, and 
And I'm going to give you a couple of things right here and I'll be done here in just a minute. But in the problems of our life, you know, so many times, Brother Heath, every time I studied this, every time I studied this, I automatically went to whether or not it was fermented. And I lost so many good years of really studying what all Christ's done right here, Brother Dakota. And the major problems of our life, church, I want you to hear me tonight. When health issues come, we have people in our church right now that's facing health issues. Miss Shannon's got to have tests run tomorrow. Miss Helen, we're waiting to hear back from a pet scan. Brother Craig back there has been facing some major health issues and, 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 and hopefully starting to get on top of it a little bit and, and he's got more appointments uh, tomorrow and, 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 and there's problems in our life. I... My dad's preaching in Robbinsville tonight. He'll go on to Tennessee tomorrow. And and then I can't remember where it is he goes from there. And you know what? Uh, uh, Daddy on the road tomorrow, something could happen to him. And you know what? I could be in Tennessee uh, at the University of Tennessee Hospital tomorrow evening when the sun goes down in the biggest storm of my life. But in our problems, there is a procedure that we must do, church, and that is run to the Savior. Run to the Savior. And what he says to us, we do it. Listen to what he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He said, come to me. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your cares on me. Romans 8, 28 says, trust me. Acts 16, 31 says, believe on him for salvation. In the problems of our life, there's a procedure and that is to run to him. Let me show you one more thing in closing. Verse number 6 through 9. When we read that, You see his performance. You see the performance of Jesus Christ. I I have really enjoyed starting to study these miracles. Brother Aaron, I've read them before. I've looked at them. I've preached on some of them. But when you really start studying the performance of Jesus Christ, what he did, could you imagine, could you, you care to come start playing soft, could you imagine being Peter and Andrew, could you imagine fishing all night long and catching nothing? I can't imagine that because I've done that numerous times in my life. But the difference, Brother Fred, was I wasn't making a living off of it. And coming back in and everything that they had been going through. And, and we know that Peter's mother-in-law is sick. Because we know that before we get done with studying the miracles, we're going to see the Lord heal her. And everything that they've been going through, rough, rough fishermen, that was a rough lifestyle back then. And, and they, they pull up, and Jesus says, Hey, can I borrow your boat a minute? And steps up on that boat and preaches a little while, and then turns around and says, Hey, boys, cast your net on the other side. Cast you, Lord, we've labored all night. Nevertheless, at thy word, at thy word, we would, and they throw that net on the other side. Could, I, I would have loved to have been there that day. I, I would have loved to have been there that day. And all of a sudden, man, they've got this huge catch of fish. And Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And boy, God does that in the life of Peter. Man, look, I know Peter failed him. But let's go over there. Whenever he preaches and thousands get saved. 
You see, there was a problem. There was a procedure. Then there was a performance by Christ. There was a performance by... Can I say this tonight? There's been times in my life. There's been times in my life where problems have come. Problems have come. Problems have come. I don't... I, Brother Heath, I hope you don't get mad at me. You and Miss Morgan. And man, I love them. I miss them on Sunday mornings. They, he's our youth leader and he's always out in the youth church preaching. But not long ago, there was a problem in their life. Miss Morgan lost a child. They got upset over that reasonably. We prayed with them over that and prayed that God would give them another child. And you know what? They followed the procedure. They didn't get mad at God. They didn't throw in the towel on God. They didn't walk away from God. You know what they done? They followed the procedure. They run to God. We nailed around this altar on Saturday night sometimes or during the day, just us and them. And we prayed and we poured our hearts out to God. I, Leslie and I did, but nothing compared to what they did, I'm sure. And you know what God done? God heard their cry. And guess what? There was a performance took place and Miss Morgan is sitting there rocking a little baby boy tonight. That's God tonight. God performs and Christ performs when all of human hope seems to be up. I thought about this. His performance was unconventional. But I thought about this, which Isaiah says that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. But his performance was unbelievable. Unbelievable. He did it. He did it. Here's, here's what one writer said, Brother Dakota, and I say this in closing. When you have carried the water and felt its weight, and God moves in and changes it from some ordinary common event into something that proves to be a blessing in your life, you never get over it. What was their problem became their blessing. And Christ can step in in whatever problem that we have in our life tonight. I've said this many times and I'll say it again. What is something major to me may not be to you. And what is something major to you may not be to me. There's been times that I've looked at Miss Leslie and said, well, you know, honey, I just don't understand why they so tore up over that. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. And she's being the godly little lady that she is. Well, honey, you just don't understand everything that they're going through. You don't, and a lot of times it's this, you don't understand how the lady thinks, thank God. Hallelujah for that. You just don't understand what they're going through. You know, all we'll do, boy, we'll pray about that burden together. Now, I'm going to ask you this question tonight. What is that problem that's in your life right now? What is that problem that's in your life? Can I tell you something? There's a God that wants to help you with it. And when you carry the weight of that, when you carry the weight of that, 
and God takes that problem away from you, that's what will produce that joy unspeakable and full of glory. I said this the other Sunday, and I say it again, and, and I'm done. When Peter walked on the water, and, and, and you know my opinion of that, I don't think Peter should have got out of the boat. I don't think he should have ever questioned. Jesus said, go to the other side. That was the direct command that he gave them to do. Go to the other side. They was going to make it to the other side. They thought they weren't going to, but they was going to make it. Jesus showed up. He wanted to get out of the boat, and he gave him a chance to get out of the boat, and he got his eyes off the Lord, and he began to sing, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And the Lord grabbed him, and, 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 and they went back to the boat. And then you remember the verse I read to you the other day. Depends on which gospel you read it out of. But Matthew records it like this. That once they got back in the boat, then the wind ceased. God didn't always promise that he would solve the problem. But God did always promise that he'd hold your hand through the problem. The wind never ceased with Peter until they got back in the boat. So there was a time that Peter and Jesus walked back to the boat holding hands, I believe. Are you hearing me tonight? And even though his problem didn't cease... He had followed the right procedures in seeking Christ. And because he'd done that, Christ done a performance in his life that no one else could have ever done. And your problem tonight, you just need to bring it down.